everyone welcome back to another episode of beyond the bounce this week we got a guest some say he was before his time um averaged a triple double coming out of high school um had a very successful career back then was getting comparisons to keith van horn um if you were thinking about him today you would probably put him in the box with a gordon haywood um some say he was before his time um sit back i'm your host jay pruitt Danny Mack, let's go as we get ready to take you Beyond the Bounce. Keep keep the political commentary to yourself. Or, or, Or as someone once said... Shut up and dribble. Hey, welcome to the Beyond the Bounce podcast. Today we have a, a special guest, and um, like I say, everyone's special that that take the time out and come on this podcast. But this is this is a a childhood friend to a teenage friend to a college age friend to adult friend to a college coaching friend, a, a person that I have called on time and time again during no matter what school I have been at. Um, he helped me install my offense. Um, that I lost the national championship game with and then came back with the next team and won the conference win. It was all his thoughts and ideas. I spent time. I went up to Red Bay or Red Bay. Was it Red Bay where you were going? Red Bay. Coach, Red went up to Red Bay, watched his guys running, and I want to introduce Coach Matt Noah. He's a 1997 graduate of Muscle Shoals High School, standout basketball player, earned all air, all Area honors in 96 and 97 was all state selection and Times Daily Player of the Year in 1997. He signed with an Alabama legend at Arkansas Little Rock out of high school, played a year at Northwest Shows, and finished up at Union University. He averaged 15 and 5. was all region while he, while he was at Northwest Shows. Uh, he played professionally in Germany. Uh, you know, sometimes we can't control the things that happen, as we have heard on some of the the last podcasts, had a car injury. Uh, he's now coaching, has made several stops on the coaching, and now he's currently on the staff at James Clemens. So let's get on waiting. Is Coach Matt Noah, how you doing? Doing good, Coach. I appreciate you having me on. Man, I, um, you know, we go way back from, you know, a lot of people don't know I actually went to Muscle Show starting off before I actually transferred, but – I remember Matt when we was in the – I had to be in the fifth grade, and I think he was like in the sixth or seventh. You remember them hammer pants you had with them Reebok pumps? Hey, I do. Well, what, was, <laughs> it, was it the Reebok pumps or was it the L.A. gear pumps? No, you had the first set of pumps. I, Which one was it? I had the L.A. gear pumps. You had the L.A. gear <laughs> pumps. i never forget it. Matt <laughs> Noah had the hammer pants and the L.A. gear pumps. It was still – First person in the school. It was still mad I didn't have the Reebok. <laughs> but he's been a, a good friend of mine. Um, hey, one of the smartest basketball guys when it comes to IQ. Um, some people can just see things before it happens, and he is blessed with that talent. Um, he's been successful at every coaching stop. Hey, hate it or love it, we need more coaches like him because he tells kids the truth. He doesn't uh, sugarcoat anything. Coach, where do you get that mentality from? Uh, I think I got it a lot from my dad. You know, before dad became a principal, he was a high school coach. And one of the things I was blessed with, with him going and learning, I got to go to some of the best camps in the country. You know, going to, especially under Don Meyer, David Lipscomb. 
you know, at one point was all-time winningest coach in college basketball history. Um, dad going to Indiana, learning from Bobby Knight, getting to watch the 84 Olympic team with Jordan and Elijah Warren and those guys, uh, just things he picked up along the way and the way he dealt with players and seeing how other college coaches, you know, dealt with players and just always told them the truth. They, you know, don't sugarcoat it, kind of that old school mentality. But we got a lot of um, student athletes and young younger kids that can't handle that today. What, what do you What do you say for that? I've definitely uh, I've changed some with my coaching as far as you know not putting them on the line and just you know somebody mess up. Okay, we're, we're going to run you. Kind of that old school mentality with that. Uh, we do a lot more film breakdown at James Clemens when kids don't understand. We'll actually bring them in the office, pull the film up, and, you know, show them on film what we're talking to. Because there's one thing I learned in college, the film doesn't lie. And if a kid can't say, see that and see what we're talking about, then there's a bigger problem. So since you're transitioning up to the Huntsville area, you have been blessed to co coach some pros. W what is it like to coach those guys when you get them early? Um, it, you know, it, it's amazing, uh, you know, coaching, being a part of the staff and coaching John Petty w was an amazing experience. Getting to go to the tournaments, getting to play at the Basketball Hall of Fame against Bobby Hurley's dad. You know, we, we were the first team to ever, to hand them back-to-back -back losses. They lost a game before we played them. And, you know, the great St. Anthony's High School, which is closed now, um, Hey, he had, and 40 years of coaching, he'd never lost back-to-back -back games until he played us. So that, that was a surreal experience. Um, I, I was blessed at a young age. kind of had a pro that would come in every summer and got to see it firsthand. Yeah. So speak on that pro, because a lot of people, I know about their relationship, because when I'm out in L.A. and he had a game, you would call me and say, hey, you're going to be available. I may get tickets to the game. You want to go? You know, but people don't understand the extent of their relationship. Talk about that relationship. I'm going to let you introduce now, that. I, I, I met Jamal Crawford. I was 15. Jamal was 14. Um, I had a key to our local rec center. and would go up and get my workout done in the morning before they opened up. Uh, as I was finishing up, one of the employees brought him in and told me you know, he was from California and wanted to get some shots up, so I stayed a little bit you know, and worked out with him, and it took about three seconds to figure out there was something different about him. Uh, from so that I point, hear that, I hear that all the time. When you 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 know you when you when you see a pro, you know a pro. Explain that. Uh, his deme his demeanor from what me and you grew up with in North Alabama, and him to be younger, his demeanor, uh, the way he went about the workouts, it wasn't just going through the motions. Um, and honestly, he never missed a shot. And that, that sounds unrealistic. Going through drills and stuff, he, he never missed a shot. And if he did, he was going to get it dialed in before he moved on to something else. Um, you know, we, we worked out every morning, and then we would go to UNA, a Division II school. They had two first-team All-Americans there. I watched him at 14 destroy both of them. Uh, and watch both, you know, the head coach and assistant coach's mouth drop. It's Ooh. it's it's a feel for the game. It's, it's something, honestly, it's not coachable. It's, when you see it, you know it. So let's talk about you. I mean, because you're a local legend. Um, you know, we, we come from an area back in our generation where every high school team had that guy, 
or had that guy and that guy and maybe that guy had option A, B, and C. You know, ever since I have come back home now and watched this little water down, you may get lucky to have one or two guys in a game. But let's talk about you. How many points? Tell people how many points you actually scored in high school. Oh, I, I can't. I think I scored around twelve hundred my senior year. Um, That's just one year now. Say that now. How many did you score in one year? Around twelve hundred my senior year. Averaged a triple double. Um, I'm real close to a thousand my junior year. My sophomore year, I had about six hundred. I broke my ankle and missed six weeks during that season. So, okay, so this is an unfair comparison. So we, you know, we talk about a lot of issues on this podcast and race is one and stuff is going on in the country. But I, you know, what when you were compared to players, they compared you to a, a Keith Van Horn back then, right? A um, a Wally Zerbiak maybe. Um, and the only reason you got those comparisons to those guys, one, you had game like them. You were six seven, six eight point four before point four, but you were a white guy, and they compared you to other white guys. But truth be told, you could go toe to toe with any white guy, any black guy, any Mexican guy, any Hispanic guy. Because one thing we know, the basketball players don't have color, man. If you're a hooper, you're a hooper, no matter what color you are. What do you think about those comparisons? Were they fair, or what? What do you think? Um, you know, I, I, I took it, I, you know, I, you know, of course it's a great compliment to be compared to, you know, great NBA players. I, I never looked at it. It was just, you know, when I step on the court, I'm playing, didn't matter who was out there, but, you know, and I think you're the same way. You, you never see color. Okay. This guy's supposed to be better than me. I'm going to go at it. Um, right. Um, you know, I, you know, we grew up, you know, we're from Muscle Shoals, Alabama, small town. You know, we're, you know, some areas were, you know, it's either white or black. We didn't have a lot of Hispanics back in the day. But the one thing you can say about our area is um, talk about, you know, some of some of the some of the guys that, you know, you looked up to in that area playing ball. Uh, the, the first would be Derek Peters. Uh, he played for my dad uh, when he was a junior. Uh, that was my dad's last year coaching. They went 27 and three. It was back before we had the final four, but they made it to the, the Elite Eight. Uh, Derek went on and played at William and Mary and is actually was a fraternity brother with Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and back then, you know, Jordan was just kind of catching on and kind of, the, you know, looking up to these guys. I looked up to Derek because my dad would kill them in practice and I would be there after just shooting and going through drills and he would always spend it may be 15 minutes it might have been 20. to me it seemed like hours but as as tired as he was he'd spend time with me after that practice and as i got older that always meant a lot to me so it's funny you said Derek peters because this is a player that you looked up to when you were younger and you went to the same school to play for your dad hey you two were inducted into the hall of fame the same year how was that 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 was amazing. I, I, I couldn't honestly have picked a better person to go in with, uh, and getting to go in with some uh, some other guys that were in local high schools around that time. That you know, I got to grow up watching. Uh, it, you know, it, it it was almost surreal, and, and for me and him to have the the friendship we have. And there be that you know the age difference. We're still best friends. You know, his son just graduated from Auburn and has just declared for the NFL draft. Uh, 
it, it, we're, we're not friends. It's really a family with us. So moving on, passing the ball to you, making the assist, going to the next shot. So you have had the experience of coaching at all white institutions, coaching at integrated institutions, coaching at predominantly black institutions. How has you? How have you adjusted to that change? How do you? Is it a certain way you talk to a certain kids? Do you treat them the same? What What do you think with some of the upbringings and stuff with these kids at these schools? There's definitely definitely differences in the way you deal, not with players but situations. And it, it doesn't matter what type of school you're at. You know which players can take a chew and which ones can't. What their mentality is which ones you can expect and put the pressure on, you know, which ones you can't. Um, the biggest thing is it, it doesn't matter where you're at. If the kids don't buy in, you're not going to win. So, you know, getting the, getting the players to trust you and what you're doing and know that you know what you're talking about. So you're, you're up in the Huntsville city schools. Now you, you have the pleasure of, of having predominantly uh, teams of color how, how what's that like you know because when they look at when they look at coach Noah they don't they don't know the coach Noah that I know you know so when they, they're looking at you what, what reactions do you get from those kids uh, you know it, it takes some time they've got to get to know you get to know you care about them uh, you know at May Jemison it, it took several months because that team we you know coming in we're ranked in the nation they've won back-to-back state championships we're going for the third we've got the number two shooting guard in the country it takes time for them to get to know you and understand, okay, this guy does care about me. You know, outside of basketball, he wants to make sure I'm successful. And then there's little things, you know, through coaching them up where they say, okay, he really does know what he's talking about. And eventually, thank you know, we were joking earlier, thank goodness to technology, eventually the kids get curious and, and they'll Google your name. Right. <laughs> Do you so? What's the urge like to tie them, lay, to lace them shoes up, and get out there and like I'm? You know what? I'm just gonna show you. I I'll still do it maybe twice a year. Like just I can't go full court anymore due to numerous injuries and surgeries. Um, but you know, kids being kids and really want to test you. There, there's a couple times a year that me and Frankie will get out there and 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 just have to show them. So you talk about Frankie. So what's what's you know a lot of people may know. I know who Frankie is. You know you want to want to mention who you actually are on the staff with now and coaching and and who he is. Oh yeah. So Frankie Sullivan's our head coach. He's now I believe the third all time leading scorer in the state of Alabama. I had a very successful year at uh, career at Auburn University. He's Auburn's eighth all time leading scorer in basketball history. Uh, played professionally. Coached at Auburn, decided to get into high school where he could spend more time uh, and start a family. Uh, it, it's it's been a great thing for me as a coach because Frankie's very off, offensive minded as well. So that's put me in a situation to where I focus on defense now. And it's you always focus on defense as a coach, but actually being able to teach it. So it's definitely made me a better coach, and he's shown me some things offensively that I haven't done in the past that will definitely be incorporated. So we're in this generation now where most of these kids are like, I'm going pro. And if I can't go pro, 
I'm going to go overseas. Like, they just handing out free tickets for you to go overseas. Right. Um, t- what, what was your experience like in Germany? Uh, it was de- it, it was definitely very different. Uh, I'd actually was doing my student teaching, uh, finishing up school, had a teach- you know, teaching and coaching job at a private school. And I believe I got a call on a Thursday. I had to pack up and move from Jackson, Tennessee, get all my stuff in a storage facility in Muscle Shoals and was on a plane the next Tuesday. 14-hour flight, and when I got off the plane, I was expected to play. So tell about the demands, because you and I have talked about it off the record, but when, when, when you are an American and they're paying you that money, you are a hired gun. What is your role? Uh, your role is to you know win, of course. Uh, the, the thing that took some time for me to get used to is it's not as team-oriented when you're an American, you're expected to score. You're expected to, depending on what type of player you are, with me, I, I could jump, you know, dunk a lot, shoot threes. That was expected of me. Um, the time that went into it as well was so much more time than what you put in at college. And that's what a, a lot of people do not understand because when I was on the men's side and still now when I'm out, a lot of these guys like I'm just gonna go overseas. I'm just gonna go overseas. I'm not. I'm not even gonna play my last two years of college. I'm like, you know, let me let me get one of them golden tickets. I didn't know they was handing them out like that. I I know in my generation when you and I came up, I think it was only two Americans to a team. Right, and I believe I believe the rules are still the same. <laughs> so I was like, where where are they getting those tickets? You think I still can go? But them days long long has passed for me. So when you're talking about growing up in the shows. And we talk about, you know, you see a lot of the stuff that's going on in the country now. And, you know, it's a lot of racial issues and everything going on. But, you know, from the out, from me, from the outside looking into you, you receive the reverse of the discrimination that's going on now because you were a six, seven, six, eight white guy that could jump, dunk any kind of way, could shoot. You were literally Kevin Garnett before Kevin Garnett. So some people didn't even know you but they may not like you just because you could hoop. What was it like getting everybody's best just because you were a hooper? You know, honestly, I loved it. Just the competitive side of me is, you know, okay, you don't think I can play? I'm going to prove it to you. You know, you know I was at every playground where there was an open gym. If we didn't have something in the shows, I was in Birmingham or Huntsville. I just wanted to play. You know, I, I, one of the biggest compliments I got is when we were playing y'all at Calvert County, and every time I touched the ball, you've got three coaches screaming, shooter, shooter, shooter. Well, my confidence went through the roof. I, don't, <laughs> I can't remember exactly. I think I finished that game with 35 or 38. Yeah, it was something. It was I, something crazy. I told you, I think I found the tape somewhere. I got to find um, it. Y'all's only home loss of the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that was the way I looked at it. Um, you know, yeah, you know, every, once, once you establish a name for yourself, uh, with me, it was when the street, street and Smith's all American article came out, everybody came. Okay. Out. <laughs> and that, I was fine with that because I'm a competitor and my view and it still is as a coach and try to teach it to my kids. When I stepped on the floor, I was the best player on the floor. There was never any doubt in my mind. And it's not cocky. It's that borderline cocky slash confidence. Right. 
that you have to establish. But I would never, it didn't matter who I played, you weren't going to get me. Right. And I, and, I, and I agree with you when you say you, you have to have that edge in order to make it because a lot of people do not know. The show's area is loaded with talent when we were coming up. I could go through and name two people off every roster that had. I believe my senior year, maybe Waterloo didn't have a player, but every every team in the area had somebody that went to some level of college. Because if you want to, if you want to name them, Coffee, Rudy, Corey, Bradshaw, uh, Muhammad Sanders, Muhammad, at, what, Muhammad, Muhammad, Terrence Woods, Terrence Wood. Muhammad. Muhammad Sanders, Terrence Wood, and ends up leading the nation in three-point field goal percentage. Sheffield. For three years. You know, you had the Sheffield back then. Uh, yeah, Akron. And then you had Deschler. Deschler had Fred Abernathy, uh, not long after me, uh, Quinn Beckwith. And see, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. You can literally go to every high school in our area. Uh, what was the guy's name at at Carver Heights that holds all the records? They end up going to shows. Was it Isaac Fuller? Isaac Fuller. Isaac Fuller. Yes. Uh, Cherokee end up being my teammate, my freshman Hathaway. year. Hathaway. Orlando's arms. Hathaway Southwood. Six eight, two hundred and forty pound point guard. <laughs> so that could go. You know, so it was actually, you know, low, low, uh, Mars Hill. Josh Willingham, who ends up playing 10, 15 years, Major League Baseball. And see, and that's what I'm saying. And, you know, and it's not any disrespect to the talent that's in the area now. It's just I think guys was guys had a chip on their shoulder back then. And it and it, it was something that you did not take losing lightly. No. And there was never a not off. There was never an easy game. Going to that McDonald's or that Burger King after you lost was like a walk of shame. Remember that? I do. Oh, you didn't go. <laughs> you didn't go. <laughs> you know, and I don't think, you know, players realize that chip and what it takes to be. Because you got to remember, like I said, we were not the best, you know, and to come out of the area. But it was one stretch where it was Cedric Nellums, Matt Noah, and then another guy that went from Carver County that were the only three guys from a good 10-year stretch that had played Division One basketball. It, so, so from, what was it, 92 to about 2002, 2003? Yeah. It was three guys in the area that had played Division One basketball. And that, and that third guy's you. Yeah. But it wasn't because I was the best. And this is what I want the kids to hear. We got the job done in other areas like the classroom and other things to be recruitable and to do what you had to do. And, right. you know, nothing was given. So I never got the exposure. Like I took a couple of college, couple of college visits, but I want to know what's it like to be on a team with Derek Fisher. And th that was, so Fisher got drafted when I went to Little Rock. So he was gone. Okay. But my introduction to college basketball, I graduate high school the next morning. Little Rock has me on a plane flying me up. I walk in the gym, and the first team I have to play against is Derek Fisher, the starting point guard for the Lakers. Corliss Williamson, Scotty Thurman, Al Dillard, national champions, all in the NBA from Arkansas. I have to guard Scotty Thurman, the guy that hit the shot to beat Duke. <laughs> 
What was it like? Like, what was the intensity like? Uh, it was so different than anything. And I had played against some great players up to that point through AAU. Um, you know, I was coming off my car wreck, so I was kind of feeling my way back into playing. Um, I know this. I went to dunk on Corliss Williamson, and he put me through a double wood door, <laughs> picked me up and said, welcome to college. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, it wasn't a dirty play. Nothing. I just, I wasn't, uh, uh-uh, that wasn't, I wasn't dunking on him. And that night him official came, picked me up, took me out to dinner, you know, laughed about it. But, you know, it, it, that, that was a cool part. Like they were there to help you get better, but you weren't getting one on them. So in, in, in previous conversation, you and I have talked about being the man, being Batman, being Robin and playing a role. Talk about your transition in, in, into that and how, you know, it could be the 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 pot of gold could be at the end of the rainbow for a lot of kids that would learn how to play a role. Oh, def- definitely. By the time, um, by my junior year of college, my body had taken a beating. I had uh, broken my back in a car wreck, several broke ankles, no surgery, just, you know, different injuries through it. And uh, my college coach just wanted me to be, the you know, the offensive spark off the bench. Young, when I earlier in my career, I had a big problem with that. At that point, I was looking like, I, I don't care. Just, I want to win. I want to get my degree. Um, my junior year, we finished 35 and three, ranked number one in the country, going to the NAI national tournament. <laughs> uh, our, our center broke David Robinson's shot blocking record for all of college basketball. You know, it, it was a great experience, and, I, you know, I accepted that role, and that's what I tell my players now. There's not many of you going pro. If somebody offers to pay for your school for two or four years, you take it, and you you do whatever they ask. Just get school paid for. And that's like what I, and that's what I try to tell a lot of our kids now, and I and, and they look at me. They was like, Coach, you were able to play Division One." I. I said I was able to play Division One because my parents told me at a younger age to play a role. Um, I was fortunate enough to win a state championship as a junior. I wasn't the best player on that team. I can name five guys on that team who was better than me. I learned the role, and I played that role. Um, came back my senior year, played a role. Uh, went to college as a freshman. Um, had the coach tell me, NBA legend John Douglas, uh, Carver County legend, I don't need you to shoot the ball. You ain't going to do that crap you did at leading. I just need you to rebound, make a layup, hit an open shot, and play defense. Hey, I learned that role. I played 25 minutes as a freshman, as a true freshman, because I learned the role. And I think a lot of times that, you know, kids think I have to be the man. I got to be that guy. But that role will get you farther than being that guy. And don't you think it's more successful if we win, we all win? Is that the saying? Oh, it definitely is. And the thing I've noticed as, you know, as gotten older, there's a lot of kids that, want to be the man or think they're the man. And then when they are the man, they don't want to be that guy anymore. <laughs> when, when they see what comes with it. And, you know, we, we talk about it constantly with our seniors. If you're going to be a true leader, if you're going to be that guy, there'll be people that don't like you. So do you want to have, you know, do you want to have friends and, and be that guy? Or do you, do you want to be the leader? And I think that was, really evident in the in the Bulls docu-series that came out this summer with how Michael Jordan was. You never came into practice 
and didn't give your best. And those guys, they didn't like him. They couldn't stand him. So, you know, it's it's a tough decision. I know you were that way at Calvert County. I was that way at Muscle Shoals. We we had a goal in mind. And and I tell a lot of people this that that don't understand where we're from in in, in, in relation to the size and the population. Like you are judged by championships. Is that a true statement? Do you think that's a true statement from where we're from? I do. It used to be. Okay. Definitely. And football, 100%. Okay. Yeah, I mean, y'all are the last team that won a state championship in the area. Um, coming here to Huntsville where kind of basketball is king, it's even more so up here. Okay. You, you, you can go 30-2 and two if you don't bring home a map. You haven't done anything. And, and I tell a lot of people from, you know, from me living all eight, nine different states and being in all these different areas, you know, people come back, oh, we won an area championship. Oh, we won this championship. That's not a state championship. Uh, coaches get fired from where we're from, especially in football, for not having that, you know. And, right. they, and they look at me and they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm dead serious. They would de- In football, they would dare not hang that area championship up. You're, you're expected to, to win that in football in our area. Right. And, and the way I've always looked at it, too. Only one team in each classification walks off the court a winner every year. Right. And you know, be that. And I have been fortunate enough to win a couple state championships. And like I tell everyone, it takes a lot of luck to win a championship. It every does. Year. The ball's at some point along the way, the ball's got to bounce your way. <laughs> and people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that. And I'm like, I'm dead serious. We, we, you remember, we hit a half court shot. Rayshon Taylor hit a half court shot. And, and, and literally, yeah. I was sitting in the bleachers, and I looked at Wimp Sanderson and said, if this kid catches the ball, they're going to win. He said, Matt, you're crazy. There's no way. I said, I'm telling you, if he catches it, it's just that's how he is. He's that lucky. He's going to hit this shot. And he banked it. Yep, banked it in. And it went in. And then we went on to win the next game. Uh, in junior college, uh, we went 32-5, and five, you know, lost the national championship. Hey, it was a lot of luck and a lot of pieces fell into place. Like you said, that ball bounced a lot of the right ways for us to make it to that national championship game. I went back as a coach maybe 10 years later after that. A lot of balls bounced the right way for us to make it to that national championship appearance to where we got beat by 40. So I tell people, I've been in two national championships game, and I'm 0 for 2 in national championship game. But I do know what it takes to get there. And what, what I'm saying is – what you alluded to earlier. Talk about some of the preparation that you think these kids need to move forward to reach some of their goals. Uh, me personally with goals, I had the same goals set from the time I don't know, five, six, seven years old on things I wanted to accomplish. You know, and of course, you know, the NBA, all state, all American, you know, the play inside. Um, as I got older, I started setting more short and long-term goals. Uh, you know, what I wanted to accomplish that week for that month. Uh, being goal-oriented is so important. And le- and learning how not to ride the highs too high and the lows too low. Like, you're going to have off nights. You're going to have bad games. You can't control that. So, moving on to beyond the bounce, you know, what we have seen these last couple of months of something, you know, some things that you and I have never seen in our life, 
And then being where we're from and some things that we have seen growing up, you know, that just box of the region in the area where we stay at. Right. What, what, do you, what do you think? How do you think we, um, we, we come to a common ground place, you know, as people, as a nation that we can actually, you know, let bygones be bygones and move ahead. Oh, I, man, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> with, with, with the conversations I've had with, uh, with Derek Peters, you know, there, there's things he's been through as, as a black man that I'll, I'll never understand. I'll never comprehend. You know, live in a nice neighborhood, drive a nice car, and you still you get pulled over. I can't speak on that because I've never been through it. Um, I know I know there's a lot of injustice that goes on, uh, but it goes you know it kind of goes back to the core, like with mine and your relationship. What it, like people are people just. You know, there's an old quote Don Meyer used to say, and I love it, and I say it in every interview I give. If you do the next right thing right, that's as close to perfect as you'll ever be. And it, it kind of ties into treating people how you want to be treated. Now say that quote one more time, because I know who Don Meyer is just because people say, hey, <laughs> I literally had a person from the Nashville area come to one of my games in San Francisco it's like, hey, you're running Don Myers' offense. I think I remember you from them David Lipskin's basketball camp. Yep, that was me writing them notes. Remember I had to write notes? In those <laughs> yes. <camps>? I've still <laughs> got all my notebooks from that. Uh, no, like everybody's going to make mistakes. Every, you know, at some point, everybody's going to make a mistake, big, small, whatever. But if you do the, ne the next decision you have to make in, in your life, if you make what you think is the right decision, that's as close to perfect as you're ever going to get because nobody's perfect. Right, man, and and that's a good that's a good way to look at it, and that's something that so doing that George Floyd stuff, and you were you were coaching them. What was the message that you had to your players? Uh, we, we talked a lot to our kids about you know making making the right decisions and all of that. Um, we you know we had several marches here in Huntsville, um, and, and speaking to them about the right way to go about things. Um, making sure they were very careful with social media. Like that, that's something we preach anyways, because college coaches are always looking at that. And, you know, you see, seems like once a month, a coach will post on Twitter, well, love this kid, saw social media. We're not offering him now. Um, so, you know, talking to them and, and Frankie did a great job with them, but you know, how to express your emotion and your feelings in a productive way and not a destructive way. That's good. That's a good point right there. How to express it in a, in a, say it again. In a productive way, not a destructive. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take that and use it as, as we move on. So moving on, you know, we go wrap up in a little bit, but I want people to know that with this transfer portal and stuff that's going on now, it makes the world a little crazy, right? And a lot of people come down on these kids for transferring and, you know, for not sticking it out. But sometimes we forget as adults, if you have a job and you don't like that job and it's not working out, what do you do? You look for another job and you look for a better fit. What are your thoughts on kids transferring and taking that? Because, you know, I transferred, you transferred. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, well, here's one thing nobody understands not nobody, but a lot of people don't understand about scholarships. 
that's a one-year renewable contract. So if you go in and you're not as good as what they thought, that college can get rid of you just as quick as you can transfer. Um, the recruiting process I went through, I think there's a lot of pressure on kids and you think you're making the right moves and you may not be, and it may take a year or two to figure that out. Uh, the, the only thing with the transfer portal, like, I, you know, as long as you're not transferring, I wouldn't even say in conference, I would say in the same division, like with SEC or ACC, you know, with SEC West. But that just happened with Nate Oates at Alabama. He brought in a new class when he got hired. He let a guy transfer to Mississippi State and play a medium. So I think it's situational. I know it's killing high school seniors, especially this year with everybody in football and basketball this year doesn't count. So this year's seniors are really, really going to lose out because, I mean, that, that's junior college up through the, the big dogs of college basketball. If people decide to stay, there's going to be no scholarships. And talking to smaller colleges, they're, they're waiting on the transfer portal to open to see what they can get before they sign a high school senior. So let's do a what if. What if people wouldn't have transferred? This is what your senior year would have looked like. Matt Noah, Boris Pynchon, Jason Pruitt. Uh, who else did we say? Brad Jarman. Brad Jarman. Tony Gargas. Was it Tony Gargas? It was Tony Gargas. Tony Gargas. That's a super. That's a super five. That, uh, that's a that's a super five. Not saying that everybody on that five is super, but as a super five team played aspect. That's that's a that's a nice lineup. I, it is. And we, we were huge already at Muscle Shows, but with that. Because yeah. I'm going to give him a shout out. Brad Jarman is one of the most solid point guards that I have ever played against. You are not going to take the ball from him. And he was always going to make the right play. Oh, no, and I, and the thing I loved about playing with Brad, it got to the point where we didn't even have to talk. I could just look at him and knew where I was going to cut, and he would throw it. He'd throw a lob, so it was just perfect. But people even forget, before you, D. Jones. D. Graduated, uh, was it Will? D graduated a year before me. Will Trapp was two years before. And then, of course, <laughs> rest in peace, Mo Malone. Mo Malone may be Mo, Malone. Mo, Mo may be one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my life. And then you had the quiet assassin, left-handed Brandon Pruitt. And Brandon Pruitt that went ahead and played college ball, also. So you're talking about all those college athletes in in in, in one city, man. You 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 remember you couldn't get a game at the rink. No, and you better if you got one, you better not lose. You know. So what do you think about? The world of uh, with these kids and everything we we dealing now is instant gratification. Me 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 me. You remember when you lose, you didn't play again. What do you think about? Oh, we lose now. We just play four more games later. Yeah, I don't know. It's you know, it's the you. It's the social media culture. We we fight with it all the time. Uh, you know, kids may not take a charge because they don't want to get dunked on. Doesn't matter. You know, yeah, the guy makes the dunk, but you got the foul. Didn't count but they don't want to end up on one of these highlight reels. Um, that, that instant gratification of being on YouTube. Man, when we played, we didn't care. I, I've been dunked on so many times. You know, I, everybody's going to get dunked on. Everybody's going to get the shot blocked. Like, 
that's part of play. Man, and that's what it is. So the goal is, you know, on this podcast, we bring people on. We talk about life. We, you know, we talked about your life beyond the bounds and what you're doing now. You know, I'm going to try to get Rayfield on here. I'm going to try to get Corey and Rudy on here. I'm going to go through, try to get all the legends, try to get Rayshon on here if you're tall, you know, try to get everybody. You need, you need so to get these, Cedric on. Cedric's Cedric. got a very, to turn down what he turned down to do what he's doing now. Is, it, that's that's very interesting to me. You know, since I've been up here in Chicago, I actually talked to him on the phone once, and maybe we can we can get him to come around. You know, he's like the the hermit. Sometimes you may see him, sometimes you may not. You know, he, and, and your people you know, don't know but, this this guy was. Uh, did he get Big Ten Freshman of the Year over the Fab Five? Yeah, I think he was in that. Then you remember you had Jimmy Jones, two sport All American was on that same. I mean, two sport All All State was on that team. I mean, what we come from from our area, man, it's it's, it's like. Athlete City, Pro oh, City. Is. You know, we 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 play with pros. You know, coming uh, up. What, who was it, Myron? That went to Cincinnati. That could jump yep. out of the gym, won a state championship. Leon and John Douglas. You know, Derek Peters, Carlos Cheatham, All American at Auburn for Muscle Shoals. Jarius Hayes, Muscle Shoals played for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you can go school by you school people, and just there's pros everywhere. Because yeah. I, uh, you remember with me, Dante Ellerton, um from New York, six eight. Well, he's like right. three hundred. End up going playing, playing in the league out in Arizona. So you know what we was accustomed to. You know, small town. We should call it Championship USA or Athlete USA because you know. Well, there, there's people, there's no people, doubt. Old twenties definitely Championship Road. What do you think about so when 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 people say Hoover High, I was like, well, that school didn't exist when I was coming up. No, it didn't. Um, there's parts of it I get. You know, as thing as cities grow and develop, um, Hoover's a special place, and they're definitely putting out, you know, the players. There's there's one right. thing I I will say about Hoover High School. You've never seen one of their players from high school to college to the pros. There's not that I can recall. There's never one been in the media for a negative action. So right. the, the coaches, and it says a lot about the that program. They are doing something right. Well, Matt, we end this podcast with you know our pastime is where we're from is barbecue. You know when we take it from the south, when we invite you to the barbecue, that means you you one of us. We like you, your family. So we need to know what 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 dish are you bringing to the barbecue? I'm, de- I'm definitely cooking some pulled pork. I, I cannot. Pork. I cannot wait for season to get over. Cook a big shoulder. Uh, probably take you know sixteen, eighteen hours to cook it. But that, that's what I do every year when March Madness starts. I have a big barbecue and watch basketball for about three days straight. So what? 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 What side dishes? What side? Oh no, you got to have some that? baked beans with some bacon in it. All right, and so give me your adult drink and your. Kid drink for the kids is at the barbecue. Ooh, good one. <laughs> so my adult drink's gonna either be Jameson Irish whiskey or uh, Jack Daniel's single barrel. And the kid drink will be the the old school Kool Aid that's got so much sugar in it. You get a cavity the first <laughs> first sip hits your mouth. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So what what color? Oh, you got to go with red. So. This is the debate. 
So is red a color or a flavor when it comes to Kool-Aid? <laughs> I guess the flavor is cherry, isn't it? <laughs> I have I no idea. We were talking. I was talking to my wife about because she said she was in the grocery store and she seen some that said purple flavor, and she was like, "Well, what is purple flavored?" I'm like, I don't know. "It's the same thing with Gatorade. If you don't tell somebody what flavor of Gatorade, you say the color." I want that blue Gatorade. <laughs> That's my favorite. That blue Gatorade and everything. But man, I I sure want to thank you for taking the time out to come on the podcast. You know, I know by you coming on there. It's always got to be a first. And I know with you coming on from the area may lead to more people when I reach out to them to come on now. It won't be so, so bashful. People, people forget. I hoop with this man. Um, I hoop with this man right when he was at Calhoun. I remember picking him at half court at Avalon Park. And he's like, no, nah, foul. And I looked at him. They said, give him the ball. It was Corey yeah. Donnelly. Then we grew up. We grew up, and I remember we were living in Atlanta. Hey, him and I used to go to the courts in Atlanta and run it. And and I seen he was coaching youth basketball now, and I think that's so good that you see guys like Corey Donnelly, you see guys like Derek Peters, you see guys like you. You know, it's a lot of back, basketball knowledge that you all are giving back to the community, and with that knowledge comes life experience too. That I think so many of these kids are missing, right. and and they just need to see guys like you all coming down. So hopefully. When this COVID is over, I'm going to come home. I'm going to do a basketball camp. We're going to have all the legends from you to Rayshon to Corey Donnelly to Derek Peters to maybe get John Leon Douglas, Calvin Brawley, have D. Jones come, have Rudy, Corey. Look, I can just name them. You know, we'll just name them. Get Hathaway to show up. Hey, and when the kids come out and when they go home, I'm going to shut the doors. And guess what? We're going to have a basketball game like we used to back in the day. We may not be, might, might not be a lot of dunking and stuff, uh, no. but guess what? It'll be some good fundamental <laughs> You'll catch basketball. me spotting up in the corner. That's about it now, Dave. But now, and I'll tell you, that's, that's something. There's one thing I can say, and not just in our area. I think you can go nationwide with it. Basketball has been, those of us that were blessed enough to play it and get a chance to play in college, it was really good to everybody. Whether you chose or not to take advantage of that gift that you had, so why would you not go back and give back? And, and I and I agree with you one hundred percent because basketball. You know, I remember playing my first Division One basketball game, and I look up, and the guy is like a movie. I'm in the pit of Oregon, running onto the floor, and I actually stopped to look around because I had never played in front of so no, many people mine was in my Michigan life. State against Mateen Cleaves <laughs> and Mo Pete. You know, thirty five thousand people in the gym. And, you know, I remember going, playing in Creighton, and I saw this guy just like you, maybe an inch taller, and he hit us for 36. And I was like, that's Cal Corver. I'm like, who? Cal Corver. He's still playing now or just retired, you know. So to get to share those stories with kids and you can't, you know, you, you those are stories that you, you'll live to tell everybody about. You have a lot of them. I have a lot of them. And, and a lot of people around the area have a lot. So I want to say hey, thanks again for coming on. We'll catch up with you. We'd love to keep up with you this year, see how you all finish the season. Stay safe during that COVID times, these crazy times, man. You're always a friend, friend for life, friend of the program, and anything we can do to help, man. Oh, I appreciate it, Coach. appreciate you having me on. All right. All right, have a good one. Everybody, that was Matt Noah.